Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to our uh, latest Walkabout Talk About. Uh, today, I've got Kevin Perry with me, um, and I'm going to let him Hi. introduce himself while he uh, takes his first shot. So, Kevin, your <laughs> honors. Yeah, my name is Kevin Perry. I'm a stop motion animator and visual effects artist. Um, having previously worked on a number of animated feature films, and the last five years have been making animation and visual effects on social media. Let's get this first And, and now comes the real task of wowing us with your putting skills. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, nicely done. Ooh, very nicely done. <laughs> and by the way, this is uh, this is Kevin's first time playing this course. He wanted to try out one of the new ones, so I, I'll try going one of the other ways. Um, I feel like I've, I'm at a bit of an advantage here, but you're still going to smoke me, which is going to be very embarrassing. The irony is I think that a lot of the folks uh, who play the game, because you had mentioned that uh, that's how we got in contact, is that you had actually been playing the game previously. Uh, I think you'd reached out to, to David, who, uh, yeah, uh, who coordinates all these so yeah thrilled to have you on i would i'd love to find out a little bit about how you got started stop motion is such a unique industry and it's kind of small it's had some kind of a rebirth over the last little bit but just how 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 did you get into the get into the industry yeah so i studied animation in college and it was a program that really focused on like old school paper and pencil animation, like flipping pages. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and I was really into the animation side of it, but it became pretty obvious I wasn't good enough <laughs> at drawing or, <laughs> or the technical side to do CG. So I had one class of stop motion and um, just moving a puppet and not worrying about drawing or, or mm -hmm. anything technical, just let me be an animator basically and not worry about anything else. So I really took to it. And uh, it was just kind of the one thing that I stood out from everyone else at when uh, when graduating. Mm -hmm. So kind of made a, a conscious decision to do that as well. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and just What just school, fell in what love school with is that that you mentioned? It's called Sheridan College. Okay, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the, one of like, the big animation ones that's been around for quite a while. Yeah, it's been around since the sixties. It's kind of like the Cal Arts of of Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only a, a few that have been around um, for for that long. I don't even know if VFS was around for that long. So you mentioned that uh, sort of like you're less on the um, less on the technical side of things, but just looking at a lot of the videos that you're posting, it seems like a decent number of them are using a lot on the visual effects side of things. How much do you find yourself? Um, how much do you find yourself sort of like going between more traditional techniques and like the newer digital stuff? Honestly, all my all my visual effects are masking. It's like ninety nine percent masking, and that's it. That's okay. pretty much all I know. That's my one trick, um, and I, I learned that from from stop motion, from erasing rigs and uh, yeah, comping animation together. Oh, that makes total so sense. Yeah, why that would be a skill that, of course, you'd have that in your yeah in your wheelhouse. Just thinking about the rig. So, yeah, so very actually, old school approach to uh, visual effects, where I'm just mm -hmm. filming, filming footage, and then just masking various takes together. Yeah. So, why I would actually love to get sort of like. Um, because, I mean, I've played around, but I've never done stop motion professionally. I bet um, a decent number of people listening probably ha haven't been very exposed to it. 
Oh, hey, I actually look, I know what I'm doing. I'd, I'd love for maybe you to just give sort of like a little overview of the stop motion process and maybe just sort of how it's how it's a bit different from, you know, maybe other types of animation that people might be more familiar with. Yeah, so most animation, hand-drawn or computer, is um, keyframe animation where you're, you know, picking your key poses and mm -hmm. then in-betweening and then you can reiterate as many times as possible um, or as many times as you want. And you can tweak things mm -hmm. endlessly, basically until you just decide to stop. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, stop motion is straight ahead. So frame one, frame two, frame three, all the way through, mm -hmm. um, with rarely the ability to go back or undo anything. So you, you really have to um, plan ahead and know exactly, you know, you have to start a shot and then 200 frames and you have to be at a certain mark or a certain position yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's much different in that sense. Oh yeah, totally. And also you, because you're actually photographing everything, if anything moves at all, like even if like one of your lights blows or you really can't even do it in an area that is sunlit because it takes so long to do it that you'll, the light will change and really affect the look of it quite a bit too. So yeah, you really have to control the environment. So my, my studio, the windows are all blacked out and then you have to account for, you know, is the temperature going to shift? Is my, is my table going to sag overnight? Things like that. Mm -hmm. lots of gluing gear down to the floor uh, and just making sure everything's secure. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of shifted because for, um, well, actually, why don't we do just a little bit of history? Cause I know you mentioned that you were doing a decent bit of stuff on the studio side of things. I know you've been, I know you've been focusing more on doing your original stuff and you've been doing a lot of social media and a lot of like your own commercial work and everything. Um, yeah. how did you start out off though, just sort of like learning all that stuff? Like what was your first sort of like professional gig coming out of school? I worked, actually, funny enough, my first job out of school was on a CG uh, kids show. Um, okay. And they, they hired me based on my stop motion work. They were like, oh, he can animate, and then brought me in. Um, and my first couple weeks there were just like Googling, how do I use Maya? <laughs> how do I do CG <laughs> yeah. animation? We've um, all been there. I still Google how to use Maya, but... <laughs> exactly. But the yeah, I guess the point is that if you animate, if you know how to animate, it's kind of, you can you know, cross mediums, right? Um, yeah. And then I did that for about a year and then there was a job out in San Francisco for a, a Disney stop motion feature. Um, and they okay. kind of just put out an op open call and I responded to that and got hired on that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and- It was um, ultimately shut down mid-production, but uh, it, was a, it was a good experience. Oh yeah, like, like so many, yeah, so many projects <laughs> happen, that happens with. Um, yeah, yeah, and just because I have a feeling that there's a, a decent number of people watching this who might be wanting to get into, you know, the animation industry or, or the games industry or whatever. But yeah, that's a something that you brought up. It's just sort of like if learning the technical skills and learning how to use programs is important, but if it's really the artistic eye that is so difficult. Um, so yeah. if you take the time to really learn, you know, I mean, the fact that you... You mentioned that you're maybe not the best 2D artist, but still the fact that you went to school for it and you can draw, I'd imagine, especially for even just planning stop motion, you probably spend a decent bit of time on paper, right? Yeah, I can draw well. I can I can draw well with stick figures and communicating mm -hmm. ideas. I've always said yeah. I can draw clearly, but not good. 
Um, so it, it helps for pitching, pitching ideas, planning performances, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So shifting forward then, I'm kind of curious because, yeah, now, like you mentioned, you've been um, and all of the, the, you know, you're posting so much of just your own sort of like fun social videos, experimental stuff, just sort of like, yeah, kind of like really fun camera trickery, but then also doing yeah. commercials like where when did you sort of like make the switch over to doing your own original stuff and just sort of how that came about yeah that i got into it i think because stop motion features take so long and you're 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 on one film for about two or three years so i just needed an outlet to make Mm -hmm. quick videos on the weekend um you know just spend a day making something and then getting it out there because you're, mm-hmm. you're under wraps on a film for so long. So um, I think that was my initial kind of motivation. And then just started slowly building up an audience to the point where I was getting offers to do brand stuff um, and commercials. And that coincided with wanting to get back here to Canada. So we moved back and I just kind of jumped in full time on the, uh, the social media stuff. That's cool. And so then do you work, I mean, you've got your own studio, so you pretty much entirely work out of Toronto. So you're not, uh, you're not necessarily traveling around working at other people's places. And do you work with other people? Do you have any like additional animators for like any of the commercial stuff that you do? No, it's all me. Um, and I, I kind of designed it that way. Um, I think, I think the brand that I kind of lean into is concepts and ideas that are made by one person. Yeah, um, so I don't, very I don't try to, it. Yeah, I don't try to take it any larger than than what one person can do. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Yeah, and it makes all it makes a lot of sense, and especially that like just looking at all of your stuff. And uh, by the way, is it uh, KevinPerry.com? Um, if anyone wants to check out your stuff, it'd be good to KevinPerry.tv. Okay, uh, and your name tag has how to spell Perry, so. P A R R Y. But yeah, if anyone hasn't seen Kevin's stuff, definitely check it out. You know, even pause this while you go to check it out because some of the stuff (laughs) we're talking about will make a lot more sense after you you see some of his work. It's super cool. Um, But yeah, there's definitely something to that. What do do I want to say? There's definitely something to stop motion that sort of like that, that handcrafted, like some of the imperfections are actually a big part of it. That, that that yeah, it feels like even some of the more modern feature stuff, it almost feels like we've almost gotten away. Some of it almost looks like it could be, yeah, it could be CG. So it's actually really nice to, like you actually feel the, the hand of the artist who is making it, so. Yeah, and I've, I've had yeah. to kind of unlearn stuff coming out of Leica, where yeah. now that I do my own thing, um, I'm, I'm specifically not using green screens or, or anything too advanced in the stop motion work. Yeah, I, I really You're need not to doing be any all digital done. doubles where the characters might background characters might be CG or something like that. <laughs> exactly, everything has to feel like it's done in one take right on set. And so I'll, yeah. I'll often start my stop motion work or clips with my hand animated into the shot, and I do that mm-hmm. specifically to like to trigger the audience that it's a handmade thing. It's not done in a computer. Um, yeah, so lots of. Lots of little tricks like that to specifically make it handmade and a, a little bit more crude than feature work would be. Oh yeah, totally. Well, also one of the things that's very different that you're doing now is that 
I mean, none of the stuff that you're doing is what I would nece necessarily consider like traditional character animation. You're not actually building sort of like a puppet rig and doing it. It's almost yeah. all you're you're either doing it with your your body or it feels like you're able to assemble sort of like the different pieces that you need. Is there are you really having to do a lot of rigging or even like yeah, is that does your hand sort of provide that the rig as the kind of the creative solution to that? I do a lot of rigging. There is, um, yeah, there's quite a bit of rigging behind the scenes, uh, mechanical rigging. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, for folks who, that might have gone down a slightly too technical path, but yeah, rigging is basically like all the stuff that is supporting the puppet because it needs to be held in place while you're actually yeah. shooting the frame and whatnot. So, and that yeah. that has a lot to do with um, the speed at which I can work. So if I have I have an object floating around. It's, mm -hmm. If it's on a really nicely made winder rig where I can turn a dial and move it up and down, yep. then having that speeds up the process so much more than trying to like badly rig it or or support it yeah. myself. So if I can turn a dial totally. and get an incremental movement, then it's it's much easier. Um, how? So I'm kind of curious how how long does it usually take you to do like each each video? I realize it probably varies quite a bit, but. It does vary. Um, I mean, I've, I can do like a POV style with a quick trick, you know, within half a day. Um, yeah. But I think the more complicated ones are about a week to two weeks. Okay. And would that be a, a lot, lot of more it has like to I know I've seen a couple with the... Oh, I was going to say with the, like you skateboarding or probably like some of the, like the Lego Christmas one that you had done. Like I'd imagine those are probably some of the longer ones to do. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the, uh, the pre-production side. So just making sure... I have everything storyboarded and planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would also be kind of curious, and again, I just know that a lot of folks who tend to uh, listen to these are often wanting to get into the industry. Do you have any tips for people who are wanting to do that? Or I know you mentioned that you had gone to you had gone to, to Sheridan. Is that still what you would sort of, you, going to a place like that, do you still think that's like the best career path for people or do you have any uh, do you have any insight I know that's always one of the most popular questions yeah unknown because it's changed <laughs> so much like social media yeah. wasn't really around when I graduated yeah um, but I would say you know my experience that first feature job I got in San Francisco um, they the job posting was for a storyboard position on online oh, and i i just took that contact and emailed it and said hey i'm not a storyboard artist but here's my reel um, and that's yeah. how i got that job on my first feature so i kind of just like kicked my foot <laughs> through the door um yeah you know so sometimes that works uh mm -hmm. you kind of have to just you know grab the reins on your career and and uh you know make your own opportunities sometimes and how much do you think that some of what you're doing now was premeditated versus sort of like, oh, nice shot, versus um, kind of responding like, like again, probably social, like all the social media stuff that you're doing, that didn't even exist when you were studying it yeah. in school probably. So I'd imagine all of that was just sort of like adapting to the changing times, right? Exactly, it's completely organic. This wasn't a career path, you know, 10 years ago, being your own mm -hmm. one man studio in a basement. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so and I'd I, say the same thing for me planning. too, because yeah, I was in the animation world and like VR didn't exist. Like, yeah, I was, I was oh, wow. 
doing screenplays for the longest time. And yeah, just the fact that this sort of came up and kind of hit during the pandemic, it was a total kind of fluke, just sort of following what, you know, where the interest was. So. And then, yeah, the social media stuff, uh, you know, making it a career is, it's equal parts. Yes, I'm doing animation and visual effects, but the other side of the coin is being obsessed with where the industry is is going and understanding how to optimize everything and, you know, be Mm -hmm. active everywhere. (laughs) So you do really have to have a passion for, for kind of the, uh, you know, the platforms and industry side of it. Yeah. And I'm also kind of curious and I don't want to get too in the weeds, but just having, just having come up because I did. So the first animated short film that I did was called Pigeon Impossible and it did kind of go viral and it was at a time when there wasn't a lot of other stuff but the idea of actually making a living off of social media or YouTube or any of that as an animator it's actually there it's incredibly difficult and yeah. again I'm, I'm just kind of curious like is is that where it comes from or is al- that almost more advertising for more of the commercial projects that you take on I'd say it's complete advertisement for myself okay. because um yeah, animation is, takes so long to make that you can, the most you can do is put out short clips once in a while. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, even my, my accounts with, you know, millions of views a day, it's not any substantial income from platforms or ad revenue. Yeah. So, you know, 99% of my income is from getting jobs for, uh, for advertising. Yeah. That, and that makes total sense of the, like, yeah, that's just the, that's sort of the business model. I guess I wanted to, I was very curious because, yeah, like one of the things that we had that I'd run into is like Pigeon Impossible took five years to make. And so even though it's done okay and it's made some, you know, it's made a little bit of um, ad revenue, it's, you know, it's, you know, I think the the actual rate for that would have been so incredibly low just off of the uh, just off of the actual, you know, the ad money on YouTube or whatever. But of course, I got lucky. And of course, I missed the gimme putt. Um <laughs> It's okay. I really wanted you to win this last hole. That <laughs> feels like the the nice host thing to do. I'm going to be very disappointed if you miss this, though, so no pressure. <laughs> Nicely done. There we go. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, well, thanks for, for playing around and, yeah, letting, letting me pick your brain. I hope everybody found it. Yeah, got some out of it. Um, if they want people want to contact you, uh, anything that you want to plug or anything at all? Um. You can check out my, all my social media accounts are uh, at Kevin B. Perry. Um, And then if you want to contact me, you can find me on my website at kevinperry.tv. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, if you haven't seen his stuff, check it out on his website. Um, And yes, any, any, uh, anybody who owns like major, major brands, contact him and have him make awesome (laughs) very organic videos for you because yeah it's it's super super cool stuff and yeah it's awesome to see someone who's yeah basically taking taking their art and a passion and and yeah making a making a career out of it so cool well yeah yeah, thanks to everybody for watching oh go ahead yeah i was gonna say if anyone is looking to get into this stuff honestly just email me i love talking about it so happy to uh to point anyone in the right direction yeah fantastic well thank you so much for watching